0: Let us get straight into the word. So we started our conversation, signed, sealed, delivered about two two Wednesday days ago. The first part was reasons why it is very important for the believer, God's children, to constantly have conversations about the believer's identity and the believer's authority, not just from a mental exercise of this is who I am, this is what I have, kind of empty confessions but from a place of confidence in God's word, from a place of assurance that this is truly who I am. And how do we know that you are speaking from a place of assurance? You know, when Jesus walked the surface of the earth, one of the things that shocked and rocked his world was the authority with which he spoke. It wasn't necessarily shouting. Authority doesn't mean you are speaking louder. Authority means that things happen when you speak, all right? That means that if I have authority... And I say, someone, move that chair. Now, if nobody moves the chair, what I have is noise, not authority. Okay, and we get there shortly. I, I don't know why I'm starting this way, but, you know, people marveled. They they, they, were, they were shocked by the authority that I executed over all, 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 all right? Nature, elements, things, diseases, sicknesses, demons, because he spoke and then things happened. All right, spoke with so much authority. So we, in that first part, we looked at the reasons why it is important for us to, you know, get to that place where we're not just saying things, but we are seeing things. We're not just saying declarations, but we're seeing declarations established. And we talked about a couple of reasons there. You can always go back and revisit that. Last week, by God's grace, we talked about our responsibilities Our responsibilities, I think we talked about just five of them. Our responsibilities, change of citizenship, not location, very important there. We talked about speaking, speaking words that are consistent with your redemption. We talked about walking in the spirit, very, very important. We talked about atmospheres, all right? Looks like I missed one out, but very important there that you constantly remind yourself this is my responsibility the one i was second one was growth 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 very important all right so once we pay attention to our responsibilities scripture tells us that god is faithful somebody say god is faithful come on say it like you believe it god is faithful glory to god All right, so this evening, we are taking the conversation a bit further. What exactly am I supposed to be speaking? Remember, we said your citizenship changes, not just your location. The air differs not from the slave. Galatians 4 verse 1. Though he, though she, though they be lord of all, but there is a call there to grow. Part of the proof of growth is the use of your words. And we learned about speaking that Christ is the high priest of our confession, homologia, speaking words consistent with the sacrifice that the high priest has made. All right, so part of what we're going to do over the next two weeks, um by two weeks, I don't mean 14 days, I mean this Wednesday and the last Wednesday um, of our teaching, is we're going to walk through 10. 10 truths, not facts. 10 irrefutable truths about the believer in Christ. Now, these are not necessarily true of Christians because you might find Christians and not find this in them. Christians, or the word Christian is a tag that the world gave us. They found a group of people who acted so Christ-like and they called them Christians, all right? There are many Christians today, but there are few believers. Many people will show up at churches, but there are fewer, I'm not saying few, but fewer who are in Christ and executing dominion. So part of what we're discussing as we begin to tie up the series is 10 10 irrefutable truths about the child of God, the believer in Christ. And these are the things you constantly remind yourself. These are the things you constantly speak about yourself, irrespective of your situation, irrespective of your your circumstance. These are the things you constantly remind yourself. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Okay, let's go to our our anchor scripture for the month, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, all the way to 21. Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of, of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Let's pay attention, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It says there the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what's the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. In the saints. Verse 19 And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Word who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Alright then. So, ten over the next two weeks, by God's grace, we'll cover five this evening. These are things you probably know. But these are truths that you need to open your heart to receive. Why? Because we have an adversary who is constantly, constantly, unashamedly, resiliently, who is I mean, thronging, and it just cannot give up or say no. That these ones have been redeemed, he says, no, I'm not having it. I will try all I can, but he's lost already. Glory to God. Glory to God. So number one, very quickly, because of our time, number one, truth. Remember, we are discussing irrefutable truths about the believer in Christ. So I am describing you. You might look at yourself and say, well, this doesn't look like me. Don't say that. Say, this doesn't look like me yet. This doesn't look like me yet. This doesn't look like me yet. Glory to God. Glory to God. So what that means is that very soon as you begin to remember, grow, as you begin to speak, as you begin to walk in the Spirit, as you become more conscious of the atmosphere, then these truths become unveiled about who you truly are. These truths come to fore about what your real and true identity in Christ is. Glory to God. Number one is I am forgiven. I want you to say it like that. I am forgiven. All right, it, it needs to sink in. Number one truth that every believer in Christ needs to settle is that you are forgiven. I want you to say that again, I am am um, forgiven all right so whenever whenever the enemy wants to bring up you, you, you know humans are funny and many times we want to look at god the way we look at humans and for instance you might have a friend you might have a spouse you might have a parent who you have offended and whenever they tell you, oh, I'm forgiving you, that's fine, all right? Humans, I'm, talk- I'm talking humans now. They say, I'm forgiving you, that's fine. A part of you knows that they are forgiving you, but a part of you knows that that is not fine. Because for the rest of your days, there will be a constant reminder of what was forgiven. Constant reminder. And then you are saying, oh, um, this, this, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look for an example that, will not look like stones because the attempt is not to throw stones. The attempt is to make the word clearer, is to make the word clearer. For instance, um, let me use a very ridiculous, ridiculous example. A ridiculous example. Um, okay, I just got a confirmation not to use that example. So let's look for another example. Let's say, let's say, and uh, let me use myself, let me use myself. All right, let's say I, and you, of course, you know this is ridiculous. Let's say I, I go to someone and I say I need two dollars i need two dollars is very important i need two dollars please i need two dollars and the person gives me the two dollars and i owe that debt all right but for some strange reason i'm just living life like i do the debt. i see the person oh how you doing are you doing and the person is just feeling awkward i don't know how to bring up this two dollars i mean two dollars is a lot of money don't you get it i need my money back but i don't know how to ask you and then Reluctantly, just like, oh, you have not forgotten the $2. Look. Ah! Sorry. I'm so sorry. I thought, oh, I'm sorry, please. um, And you hear something ridiculous. Please remind me next week. When I needed the money, I was the one reminding you. Now that you want your money back, I'm asking you to remind me. All right, the point now is at some point, you just say, you know what? Forget the $2. I'm like, no, 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 I've got to pay you. I've got to pay you back. No, I've got to pay you back. Say, no, 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 it's fine, you know. Forget it, it's fine. So I have been, as it were, pardoned and forgiven, as it were. All right, so I come back again, and I say, you know what, man? This time, I need $5. I really need $5. Humanly speaking, I won't go to the same person. Because I know, even though I was pardoned and forgiving they have a clear record of it they have a very clear record of it glory to god i said glory to god but isn't it amazing that our god is not like that he doesn't remind you that the next time you come of the last time you were forgiven. He says that we have now received the forgiveness of sins. So, whenever that lying, ugly serpent comes to remind you, all you just have to do is to smile and remind him that I am forgiven. My father has forgiven me. My father has washed my slate clean. My father has granted me pardon in his books. I am clean. In your books, you kept the stains, but in his book, I am clean. In your books, I am a bad person with a soiled past. In his book, I am a clean person with a bright future. Child of God, do not echo what the enemy is whispering. You speak what God's word says about you. I am forgiven. Were you not the one who did this when you were 12? I am forgiven. Were you not the one who did this last week? I am forgiven. This consciousness sinks deep. Let me tell you, one of the big powers of sin is guilt and condemnation. The moment this truth sinks in, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. Luke chapter 5, verse 19 to 26. And when they could not find this is an interesting story of a guy who needed healing, and they needed to get him to Jesus. But they could not find any way that they might bring him in because of the multitude. I need you to pay attention. There was a multitude there listening to Jesus. All of them had different agendas. You say, "PD, how do you know? It's in scriptures. They went upon the top and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the mist before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Now, this is interesting. Because obviously what this guy needed was that he needed healing. And there was a barrier to him meeting Jesus. There was a physical barrier. A physical barrier that means that the multitude prevented access. I'm sure the friends were knocking on the door and said, we have a sick person here. Like, I don't know. And they went to the other entrance. I went to entrance B, entrance C, entrance D. Used all the entrances. He said, there's no way. And they had to look. There there, there has to be a way. They re-engineered the roof and brought the guy in. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven thee. Verse 21, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God? They didn't know that Emmanuel was the one who spoke. God, we first said, your sins are forgiven you. Because Jesus saw that beyond the physical barrier that the multitude posed, there was a spiritual barrier. And he says, I, I, in my place as God the Son, I can issue forgiveness of sins. He says, Jesus perceived their answering, and said unto them, What reason ye you in your hearts? Which one is easier to say? Your sins be forgiven thee, or rise up and walk? Listen, he says, but that you may know, that you may know that the Son of Man has power upon earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take thy couch, and go in thy house. I love the next verse. I love the next verse. It says, Immediately he rose up before them, took up what whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God, glorifying God, verse 26. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. <laughs> I pray for someone under the sound of my voice that through you, the Lord will do strange things. In the mighty name of Jesus. Isn't it amazing? The people who had front row access, front row, they had no faith to receive from Emmanuel. The scribes and the Pharisees, that had priority position. They were questioning the audacity. Waste of space. Waste of front row. Someone else had to come through the ceiling. I just want to encourage you. Your pursuit is worth it. This is just a side note of encouragement for someone. It looks like you are pressing in. You are praying. You are studying. You are fasting. Your pursuit is worth it. Don't look at those who seem to be on the front row and they do not reckon and discern Emmanuel that God is with us. Continue chasing after your God. Continue growing and discovering. Let me tell you, growth is challenging. When you start clocking and committing hours into prayer, into the study of God's word, you will look stupid. I will have friends, in quotes, who will tell you this is now it is done. Relax. Your own is too much. But they don't know. They don't have a picture of the future that God has for you. So they are not in a position to decide whether it's too much or not. Glory to God. The son of man has power to forgive sins and he has declared us forgiven. Let go of every baggage from your past. God has forgiven you, child of God. It is time for you to forgive yourself and move on. You are forgiven. Let it sink in. You are forgiven. No matter how fresh, fresh the wound feels. No matter, You know there are people who are very hurtful with their words. They are Deliberately spraying and pulling out deep wounds. But the reason why there's any wounds to pull out is because you have preserved it. God has forgiven you. It's time for you to forgive yourself and move on. There's so much ahead of you. It needs you to let go of that baggage so that you can be light. There's destiny ahead of you. Glory to God. Come on, someone say it boldly again. I am forgiven. Say it like you mean it. I am forgiven. Come and look for someone near you and give them a high five, rattle them a bit, and say, I am forgiven. Glory to God. This applies, remember, only to the believer in Christ. This is a conversation for believers. We are forgiven. And if you are not born again, there is forgiveness for you. Glory to God. Number two, we have received justification. We have received justification. So as we said for the first one, for the second one, let's say it together. I am justified. Remember, we, we we said there's no such thing as a quiet believer. There can be an introvert believer. There's no such thing as a quiet or a silent believer. Say it again. I am justified. I am justified. Glory to God. I am justified. Justification is a legal terminology. It is a legal term that is the decision of a judge. The judge based on evidence makes a decree and says that this person based on the case that has been presented is discharged and acquitted. This person is free to go. But justification is a little bit beyond saying that The judgment is ruled in your favor, no. The concept of justification is that your state in society is as though you never committed an offense. I need someone to get this. It's different. If you enter into a law court, whatever the case is, whether it's something simple, whether it's a civil or a criminal matter, whenever the judgment is given, there's something called precedence. There is a reference and there is a tag, depending on the kind of offenses. All right, there are some that bear certain marks for life, certain offenses for life. are There is a directory for life. Whether they're applying for a job or whatever it is they're applying for, there is that consciousness of this is your tag, ex-felon, ex-sex offender. I think sex offense doesn't even have ex. It's for life, even if the term has been served. It's for life. It's a constant tag constant tag there but the concept of justification says that you are now being released into destiny but without the tag of the offense. This is a good place to shout thank you Jesus that the criminal of yesterday can be the deliverer of tomorrow. The murderer of yesterday, the harlot, the prostitute of yesterday can be the great woman of faith of tomorrow. Only God can do that. That the tag doesn't have to travel with you everywhere you go. It says you are justified, just as if you never sinned. That's what our God can do. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, very popular scripture. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but it doesn't stop there. It says being justified freely. It tells us about the character of the Father. It doesn't have an issue taking tags away. It doesn't have an issue taking tags away. He doesn't release us into his kingdom and there's an angel monitoring everybody. So keep quiet. God just forgave you of this thing. You're about to the same thing. No. He doesn't assign his angels to, to, to start warning and micromanaging us. He's comfortable taking away our tags, taking away our shame. Being justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Once again, I want you to say this boldly I am justified, and the fouls of my past have been deleted. In his books, I know the records are still on earth. In man's books, in man's books, my past is still as glaring and smelling as any past can be, but in his book, glory to God, the only book that matters, the only record that matters, he's trying to flip through, and he's trying to flip through, and all he sees is just blood, he's just seeing blood, he's trying to see the details, but all he sees is just blood, just as if being justified freely by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, he brought us back, and he deleted our past, he deleted our history, selected everything. He dumped it in no recycle bin, deleted it forever. I said, this is not even who you were. You will try to find that old person. That old person is gone. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Come and say it with me again. I am forgiven and I am justified. Those truths are really important. Forgiving means that you've been pardoned. Justified means the details of the offense have been deleted. They do not exist. You are now considered and reckoned righteous. That is the fruit of justification, is that you are now declared just. You are now declared righteous. Let me tell you why this is very important. I have searched scriptures. I've checked from Genesis. I've checked all the way to Revelation. I've checked everywhere, everywhere. All the promises of God in scripture are for the righteous. One major trick the enemy uses, he doesn't care whether you are searching scriptures and discovering promises, as far as he can convince you that you are not righteous, then there is no way you can receive those promises. Matthew 5.45, already recently, it's not, it's not on your screen. He says, Jesus, speaking about the character of the Father, says, he causes the sun, the sun to shine both on the good and the evil. He causes his rain to fall on the just and the unjust. The best... In the realm of the unrighteous is you get sun and you get rain. But there's more. There's more. There are promises that the righteous can stand. The righteous are as bold as a lion. The seed of the righteous blessed. There's plenty in the home of the righteous. All the promises in scripture are for the righteous. If the enemy can convince you that God is not happy with you, then you cannot lay hold on any of these blessings. You teach these truths... I tell people to say, put your hand on your chest and say, I am righteous. They struggle with it. It it, it feels as though I don't want to lie. Like the way I'm telling you now, say, I am righteous. Someone watching and saying, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't, if he knew me, if he knows what I'm thinking now, he won't tell me to say I'm righteous. My thoughts, my actions... He won't tell me to say I'm righteous. <laughs> he doesn't know me. All these pa- Someone is saying, all these pastors, just telling you to say things they don't know me. Child of God, I don't need to know the details of your life, and I don't need to know the details of your past. All I can tell you is that we serve a God who is not intimidated by the details of your past. We serve a God who knows you, a God who knows your name, A God who knows the number of strands of hair on your hair. And if you're like me, you have an afro. He knows the number of strands on your beard. Glory to God. The point is, he knows your name. He knows your details. The part the world knows, he knows. The part no one knows, he knows. The excuses from the pit of hell why you will never find a scripture or a promise talking about the righteous and you find yourself in it. He knows the details. And he's saying, I am not saying you're righteous, don't twist things up. Because at our best days, on our goodest days, pardon my French, nothing that we can do can amount to deserving being just. Which is why the justification we receive it freely by his grace. It is a declaration. It declares us just. It says that I'm looking at you, but I'm not seeing you. Whenever the enemy comes to tell you you do not deserve this, you can say probably you're a right enemy, but guess what? He doesn't see me because I don't exist anymore. That person is dead. That liar is dead. That fornicator is dead. That adulterer is dead. That cheat is dead. That thief is dead. That that, that obsessive liar is dead. That one who is always thinking wicked thoughts is dead. The new me now is in Christ. And guess what? When God sees Christ, He sees righteousness. Therefore, I can lay out to every promise that belongs to the righteous. Why? Because God now sees me as God's righteousness in Christ Jesus. This is the enforcement we have to do as believers. Too many promises for the righteous. You cannot afford not to have this one truth settled. Which is why, and I have to say this with a pinch of salt. As a believer, you must discern the predominant wind that blows in the places you have decided to call home or family. There are two kinds of winds. There's a wind of sin consciousness. A wind of sin consciousness. The wind of sin consciousness says things like if you are not careful, if you are not careful, you will just blink, rapture will just happen, you will just go to hell. If you are not careful, you, you will, and then you see, it's just, oh Father, please, the sin I, I just seen now, the one I just seen yesterday, the sin of omission, the sin of commission, the one I might sin tomorrow the one that I seen in my dream, God, just, just forgive me. There is a wind of sin consciousness. The devil loves that wind because it never produces people that can lay hold of promises for the righteous. It never. It never. Someone say, I pity, I say we should not ask for it. No, no, no. That's not scriptural. As the Spirit of God convicts you of wrong, the right thing to do is to go confidently to your father. You are not going to a slave master. There are two different conversations. If you grow up in a typical boarding school, when you are going to principal to report to yourself, the young folks today don't know what I'm talking about. When you hear principal, you're thinking of some cool fellow, Mr. Jack, Mr. James, Mrs. Jane. Hey, I'm talking of Mr. Hey, I am thinking of the, 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 you put the, um, I'm talking of whips, real whips. And they say, who did it? You go to principal, go to principal office, is the same thing as go and die. Two, the same, they mean the same thing. I are there, I'm done for. I've, I've brought this grace to my heritage, to my father's. I are going there, you are going there, you are going there. there, there there's a wind of sin consciousness. As I am on my way to the slaughter. And then there is another wind of righteousness consciousness. That is, grace already made provisions for me. His strength was enough for me, but I fell. But now I am going back to my father to say, Father, I'm not coming to inform you of what I've done because you know what I have done, but I've come here to acknowledge my wrong and to receive your strength and your grace. To live the way you really see me. Two completely different conversations. Child of God, disconnect from every wind of sin consciousness. It will do your life no good. Connect to a wind of righteousness consciousness. Eventually, the grace will manifest in you to live at that standard, that pedestal that God sees you. Let me just let you know, God thinks very highly of you. He made you. There is no detail of your life that is shocking to him. So, let's do this together now. I am forgiven. I am justified. Now that you're a bit more comfortable saying it, let's do it boldly until, let me tell you, this is what our high priest works with. This is the homologia. This is the consistent speakings. The righteousness that is of faith speaks on these. These are the these, the consistent speakings that the high priest is able to work with. Come and say it again, I am forgiven, I am justified, glory to God. Let me show you a couple of more scriptures, Acts chapter 13, verse 38 and 39. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, this was Paul preaching, that through this man Jesus is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Can you see that? In the same order we've picked it the forgiveness of sins, and by him, all that believe. That means it's possible for you to agree that you are forgiven, but not accept that you are justified. By him, all that believe are justified from all things. Somebody say all things. It doesn't matter what category it is. Justified from all things, from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Glory to God. Colossians 2. Colossians 2. Colossians 2. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. It says, And you, these are our speakings, child of God. These are good scriptures to arm yourself with. You being dead in your sins, and can you see the one that the records are for now? The one who is dead. Dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, as he quickened together with him having forgiven you you can see this repetition the forgiveness part needs to be settled and then we can now receive justification that means i'm not just pardoned but the files have been grouped together and they've been deleted for life number four verse 14 he says blotting out blotting there means to unwrite. It is in a way that it was not er- erased. It was not just covered in a way that someone can re-expose it. He's saying that when this blotting is done, we will find nothing written. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. Glory to God. He took it out of the way, nailing it on the cross. Somebody shouts, glory to God. So let's do this boldly now. I am forgiven. I am justified. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, let's do that again. I am forgiven. I am justified. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Number three. Number three. Truth. That must sink as part of your identity and authority in Christ. is health. I am healed, and I walk in divine health. That's the confession. That's the personalization of it. I am healed. I work in divine health. This one is a bit more, if you notice, it gets more deep as we go. One is easier to accept. I'm forgiving. I believe God forgives. He's a merciful God. I'm justified. Hmm. That's a bit more difficult. A bit more difficult because i have the proofs there are people who still have my dms there are people who have my tips i don't know there might be someone watching now i don't know what tape of yours has leaked and it's brought you great shame i want you to remember you are forgiven by the one that matters it's possible someone somewhere has not forgiven you but you are forgiven by the one that matters receive the grace to forgive yourself let go and move forward with god number two you are justified There might still be files that exist in the earth, but where it matters, the records have been deleted. You have been justified freely. You've been declared righteous. People will constantly remind you. The devil will constantly remind you of your past. Every time he does, you remind him of his future. Every time he comes... (laughs) Don't start this conversation because you won't like where goes, yes, you are this, you are this, you are this. Okay, I hear you, although that's all lie, but my Jesus says you are the father of all liars. So when the devil speaks, he speaks his lies. That is natural default communication. However, I can tell you your future. I can tell you how this ends for you. You are a defeated foe and you are a redefeated foe. At the closing of the curtains, there is a place prepared for you. It's a place of eternal damnation. You failed before. You couldn't even descend. Devil, you had one job. All you had to do was to prevent the Lord and Savior from dying, but you didn't know. You didn't know you were busy roaring around you little, and you're telling him about his future on the word of God. We don't have conversations with the devil. He's an ancient serpent. We don't have discussions. Don't try to. You be like Jesus. It is written. It is written. You just give him the word. Don't give him your opinions. Your opinions, he <laughs> can bend and twist. Did God really say, don't bring your. Don't bring rationalizations. Don't bring my pastor said. Your pastor said it's not strong enough. It is written in God's word. I have found it. Concerning me, I have been justified freely of all things. Therefore, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. God sees me as righteous. There are promises in scripture with my name on them. You remind him glory to God, but the conversation of health is a bit more difficult for persons to receive. We live in a world that has been plagued than ever before by strange diseases, diseases that our fathers who walked in the covenant did not know, diseases that they could not even imagine, and we are wondering where did all these Illnesses and afflictions come from these plagues and pestilences that seem to shake the world. And it's, a, it's very difficult for some to accept that part of what Christ secured for them is health. It's difficult to receive that because they know someone who is supposed to be a strong Christian. Someone who is supposed to be more mature than them, who is sick and probably fasting and praying. And you're wondering, if, that, who am I? child of God, you tie your inheritance to Christ, not to people. You tie your inheritance in Christ to Christ and to the integrity of his word, not to people. I feel I can go one, two hours on this on this matter. There's a teaching you can find from December, I think it's 2018, Jesus, our healer, talks about the four ways that God brings about healing for his children. It's a good teaching, it will bless you. But What I need you to accept now is that until, pending the time when your physical reality catches up with this established truth about you, it doesn't change the truth. The truth remains that part of what you have received in Christ is guarantee of your health. Glory to God. You know, it's amazing. Every religion acknowledges that there is a Jesus. Every religion. There are over 4,000 religions in the world. Every religion. I mean, to, to the, I've not checked all 4,000. There's nothing I'm looking for. Glory to God. But most of the top world religions acknowledge Jesus. They acknowledge him as some wise teacher. Acknowledge him as some wise man, as some messenger, as a prophet. Many do not acknowledge him as the son of God. All right. But the point I'm trying to make here is, if there's nothing you will agree that Jesus is, If he asked the Pharisees as much as they detested Christ, if he asked the scribes, if he asked all these guys as much as they loathed him strongly, there were moments where they wanted to pick stones literally and stone Jesus. The scripture tells us they looked for occasion to have him killed. But there was one thing they could not argue about. We might argue with you. You are claiming you are God. You are claiming you are the Son of God. They might argue with Him. They might bring out their Torah. They might respect the Sabbath day and disrespect the Sabbath person. Glory to God. But there was one thing all of them agreed on. This guy he healed diseases. One thing they agreed on he healed diseases. He healed diseases. We don't know who he is, where he's from, we don't believe his claims, but he heals diseases. They, They just couldn't stay where he was. Child of God, God wants you enjoying good health and he's made provisions for it. He's made provisions of his power, he's made provisions of his wisdom. It is our duty to walk in wisdom, to sustain the health and our stewardship of this temple. The Bible says that your body, my body, is the temple, the shrine of the Holy Spirit. There is a stewardship. There is a way I can desecrate his temple. I can desecrate his temple. It doesn't change the fact that there is power at work in me. And I can prove this to you. maybe, Maybe we should just leave that. Let's go to the word. First Peter chapter 2 verse 24. First Peter 2, 24. Who is his own self bear our sins? Can you see that again? The forgiveness of sins. In his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins shall live unto righteousness. Can you see that? So I'm picking scriptures written by different authors, and you can see the progression. Forgiveness of sins. Justification by faith, receiving righteousness. And then Peter here tells us, by whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes, it's a core critical part of your salvation. By whose stripes you were healed. So why do I still feel this? Why do I still feel that? Those are the facts that you feel. It is your duty to enforce. Remember our responsibilities. Your duty to ensure that the gap between your factual reality and your true truth, according to God's word, that there are no gaps anymore. That is growth. It says, by whose stripes you were healed. This is important. I'm going to give an illustration now. I want you to remember because we will need it the next time as we discuss the second part two of the five. The first five today, the last five. You'll remember it. Jesus came to die. Yes. If you ask anyone, there are multiple ways to die. It is possible that, number one, I was going to say a gun, but you might say maybe in the time Jesus walked the earth, there were no guns. You might not be entirely right, but we will just accept it, that what you are implying is we didn't have technology for rapid. But well, it could have been poisoned, listen. It could have been shot, it could have been stoned, it could have had an accident, it could have... <laughs> This one, I can't even say it. It I was going to say he could have been sick, but he couldn't have been sick. (laughs) The the English sentence cannot accept it. He couldn't have. But the point is, he came to die. That That was the plan. He came to die. There are many ways that he could have died that would have counted as death. But God said, I am not just here for the forgiveness of sins. If I am here only for the forgiveness of sins, what matters is death. The how does not count. Hmm. It says, but because this death is not just death for forgiveness of sins, this death will also bring death, all right, to the old nature. Remember, blotting out ordinances, it says that all that was contrary to us nailed on the cross. There was a requirement there, requirements there, that for this death, to count as acceptable in the court of heaven. Remember in the court of heaven, the one who sits there is a righteous judge. Righteousness and justice are the pillars of his throne. There are no cutting corners there. That is why Jesus came. He could have stayed there and said, you know what? I am evil was. I am he who is. I am he who, who will be. I have died. I have died for them. I've risen again. And as he speaks it, it happens. But he says, no, I'm coming. I'm coming to walk this earth. I'm coming to take humiliation from men so that my own children will not suffer humiliation. I'm coming to die on a cross so that I can take all the courses that were rightfully theirs. I will just be shot. I will be embarrassed on a tree publicly and in the same way take away all their shame so that my own children will never be comfortable with shame. We'll talk about this in the second part. Hmm. It says that they flogged him. Flogged him. No angel came to slap the people flogging him. Not because they couldn't. You know, when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter was, was eager. He said, No, you can't take you can't take my savior. What out? He said, He was the relative of the high priest. Slice the guy's ear. In the presence of those who came to arrest him, Jesus still performed the miracle. Pick the ear, put it back. What a man, what a god. What a God. So as they were flogging and flogging and flogging and flogging, I'm sure the angels were like, God, please. You know the way David's servants were begging him. Look at Saul. Look at Saul. Let's kill him. David said, no, I cannot touch the Lord's anointed. He said, David, you don't have to touch him. Just give the command. David said, I won't give the command. He said, don't give the command. Just look away. By the time you come back, Saul is already in the presence of his maker. David said, nobody's touching him today. I'm sure similarly, angels were watching. The King of glory, the Lamb of God, being flogged by humans. What infantry. And I'm sure the host of heaven ready, ready, ready. And the all oh, the earth said, if indeed it was God, just do a miracle. Come down from the cross and go back at least, at least. Nobody's faith is built on theatrics. Our faith is only built on the word. If you had come down and gone back, the wounds still have believed. Those of us who are believing are believing. Glory to God. But the point is, as every stripe came, as every whip came, it was symbolic to ensure that you and I do not experience the whip and the stripes of sickness and disease. That's why God said no. These stripes are necessary. This pain is necessary. I am doing a substitutionary work. Somebody say glory to God. Once again say I am forgiven. I am justified. And I am healed. I walk in divine health. Let's move a bit faster now. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. We went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Went about healing All sorts. This is God's will for you. This is God's will for me. This is God's disposition towards you. This is God's disposition towards me. Glory to God. All right. Number one, I am forgiven. Number two, I am justified. I have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Number three, I am healed and I walk in divine health. Number four is that I have peace with God. Somebody say, I have peace with God. This is important. This is important. Let's let's go to Romans chapter 5. Now, you can now see. We are not now talking from a conversation of being forgiven now. You can see that we've moved on. Therefore, being justified by faith. is saying it is those who have accepted righteousness that can accept this. We are peace with God. That's deep. Looking at my time. We are peace with God. Maybe we should just stop on number four and we do six the next time. Because I don't want to rush this. We have peace with God. We have peace with God. Let it sink in. This is the confidence that we take to the place of prayer. That we have peace with God. I am meeting with a God who wants to meet with me. I have peace with God. I have peace with God. And there is a big difference between peace with God and peace of God. We have peace, it means there are no qualms. In his books, all balances fully paid. I have peace with God. This is profound. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. When you have peace with God, you can stand. That standing it's not arrogance, it is confidence. My father is at peace with me. Who are you? That's how we face the world. I was listening to one of the old sermons and I had a funny illustration. If your classmate is the daughter or niece of Jet Lee, Jet Li, you know you can argue with a child but you can never fight with a child. You can't pick a fight with someone like that. You can't. Or Bruce Lee's grandson is on your co-op program and you're picking fights with that person. Can you see you <laughs> you've set yourself up? Mm? You get where this is going. I have peace with God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let me tell you, there's a picture that tr- that trends time to time. If you've ever seen a picture of UN, United Nations, peacekeeping. Can you finish it for me? Peacekeeping, not peacekeeping diplomats, not peacekeeping suit wearing, policy makers. No. Real peacekeeping involves forces. I wanted to pay attention. I think this is worth wrapping up here. Let's just stay here today. And by God's grace, the next time we'll pick it up from number f- um, number five. Peacekeeping requires forces. Let me show us a scripture we love to read during Christmas. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. He says his name shall be called the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and a key, a key, a key description of his assignment. These names are not just synonyms that are on his birth certificate. They are descriptions of his ministry. He says a key dimension of that is he is the prince of peace. The word prince, that means is the commander-in-chief. is the captain, Search it. Don't just take everything I say check. Is the commander in chief of heaven's peacekeeping forces. So he mounts a guard around you with hosts and says, Come touch my own. We are at peace with God because we have received the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon the kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. We'll perform this glory to god glory to god someone just said pd what's the difference between peace with god and peace of god so for, t- for the person that asks that question i'll give you one scripture and we will wrap up there this evening be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication we have peace with god peace with god by the works of christ we enjoy the peace of god By prayer and supplication. That is where we have no worries. We have no anxiety. He says, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God. We already have peace with God. But for the one who has peace with God to enjoy the peace of God, you have to be anxious for nothing. With thanksgiving, you cast it all. He says, the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts Another military term, here: We'll garrison, mount guard. Your commander-in-chief, your captain, will mount guard on your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Come on, let's do this again. I am forgiven. I am justified. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. I enjoy divine health. I have peace with God. And by casting all my cares... I have the peace of God. Come on, begin to thank him for his word. This is the truth about you. Your physical facts and realities might still have a gap, but this is the truth about you. For someone under the sound of my voice, you are saying this is the day. I am ready to enter into this life. I am ready to connect into this life. Today is your day. Do not wait another second. Do not wait another minute. Today is your day. Father, thank you for your sons, daughters under the sound of my voice, acknowledging their need for a Savior. Believing that Jesus is not just some random prophet, not just some random guy with a message, but he is the Son of God, who has taken away their sins, who has brought forgiveness of sins, who has declared them justified, who stripes ensured and guaranteed our healing, who secured peace with God for us. As they confess you, Lord and Savior, Acknowledge that you are alive. I ask that your joy, your peace will fill their heart. They will grow in you. They themselves will bring many to salvation. For in Jesus' name we are praying. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give via email at infoinfo I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash But it's doing amazing things in Miss, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember you're a champion. God bless you.